2: This is Believe in Vikings with b and Baker. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Bryant McKinney, Sal Spice, and Ron Saw. Typical panel for every Monday and Wednesday night. We're going to talk about the New York Jets, who are 7-4, and four, that will step foot into U.S. Bank Stadium in about three or four days, depending on when you listen to this. And talk about some of the items surrounding the Vikings. We'll go for about 20-30 minutes on this Wednesday to get you up to speed for Jets Vikings, that is on the docket in week 13. Foremost, though, basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports events whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use your promo code BLEAV, that's BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts I believe in Vikings, the November 30th edition or the week 13 edition, the Vikings host the New York jets, the final game in a three game homestand that started off absolutely rotten, but it gotten better with a win over bill Belichick. Um, before we hop into some of the jets topic, we want to ask Bryant who spent some time last week at the Vikings uh, headquarters and Egan, we got in a group chat pictures of him kicking it with Kirk cousins, Kevin O'Connell. So tell us about your experience, Brian. I bet Sally will have follow-up questions.
1: Okay, it was a great experience. Um, <clears throat> Tom West from the uh, PR, from the Vikings PR, had invited me to come to this Saturday morning to practice, and I had never been to the facility too. So at the same time, they, you know, showed me around, and it's like a whole new world, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like a whole campus. They they showed me how they have the Omni Hotel over there. They have like apartments, you know, in that same area where I guess guys can stay if they want to. I would have stayed there because you're right there at the practice field. You don't go far um but everything is pretty much convenient they have like team stores like a bunch of stuff like over there in that area and they're still continuing to um build they're not even finished Mm -hmm. so that was really nice and I see like the the, uh practice field the outdoor practice field and stuff and then I see I see an indoor one that's where they were for Saturday's practice um I made a joke on my story. They had like a a Gatorade slushy machine. I said, oh, they got wet willies in here. You know, (laughs) like Fat Tuesdays. That's what it kind of looked like. (laughs) But um, everything is like very convenient and just way better. And then I see myself on a picture um, from the 2009. Um, I didn't even remember taking the picture. The group of us who got selected for the Pro Bowl for 2009, we took a picture out on the practice field. And I am looking like (laughs) never seen that picture in my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> who all's in so, it? Like, um I remember seeing like me, Sidney Rice, Brett Favre, Adrian Peterson, I wanna say um Hutch Allen, next to me. Kevin, Kevin Williams Garrett Allen probably who? Kevin
3: Williams, Garrett Allen, probably.
1: Yeah, yeah, like so yeah, all those guys. A giant photo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll have to pull it up. <laughs> When I get it, I have, I have to see it again. I, it was it was a few.
4: Yeah, post it when you find it, because I would love to see that.
3: Yeah, I saw it on a story, but yeah, like I oh. even that like it's there were, so I couldn't. Uh, there were 10. Pick out all the wow, oh. players. It, how yeah, many's
4: the most from one team?
2: Ooh, I don't know. Because that's that
4: one. that's back when before it was a million alternates. Like. Yeah,
2: right. Um, yeah, it was Favre, Peterson, Rice. Bryant McKinney, Steve Hutchinson, Jared Allen, Kevin Williams, Antoine Winfield, Percy Harvin. Yeah, That's where the list cut off. Heath Farwell. No, he was yeah, on. Yeah,
1: he was in the picture as well.
4: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> where was that hanging up at, Bryant?
1: They have like a wall of like throughout the years. So like ours was from, I think, 2000, between 2000 and 2010. And that was one of the pictures um, from that era that they had up uh, Um Cause they have it separated like different eras or whatever, it had to be separated differently because I was in two different eras. Um, I must was the early 2000s, then I was like late 2000s. I don't know. Somehow, I ended up being split up. I was in two different eras in that, on that board. The Ravens
3: in 19 had 12, and that's the record. So, oh
4: wow. But does that it? include alternates, though? Because that's the...
3: 19,
1: Nineteen might, might as well. I'm looking at the picture because I'm looking at the video. So it was me, Hutchinson, Favre, AP, Jared Allen, Heath, uh, Kevin Williams, Percy Harvin, and um, Sidney Rice.
4: <clears throat> yeah, because when it used to be after the Super Bowl, as many people wouldn't bail out as now. Mm-hmm.
2: But
3: And when well, it was in Hawaii.
4: <laughs> well, right, right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, now there's not even a game. It's just a skills competition and the title that you were pro-bowl. Yeah. Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, they're changing they now, right?
4: Yeah.
1: What made them change it?
3: Just to uh, stay away from injuries? Last year's game was an embarrassment. I I, I played better two-hand touch in my backyard. <laughs> like, it was literally someone would it catch was, the it's ball good. and
1: like, – Watch them do other things. It was like, bad.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, we don't need to see them playing. again. I, I remember back when uh, – daryl green when he was 41 years old and made it and he was running the 40 yard dash with um you know andre johnson and like these guys that are elite speedsters at the time mm. and here he is at 41 <laughs> keeping up with them and even beating a couple of them and later like like, yeah
1: and race some of these guys something i see him do that a lot on social media oh yeah. really yeah
4: i need to follow him i did not seen that
2: so um oh? yep.
4: Well okay what was um so you met uh Kevin O'Connell and, and Kirk Cousins and all that so how, he was and, was how a lot did that go? Which one?
1: Kevin, Kevin O'Connell was oh, definitely wow. a lot taller than
2: that. <laughs> yeah, he's about my he was height. Like six four. Six four, six five. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, something like yeah. that. I didn't expect that. Um, And then um <laughs> I said Darryl saw he came up to me first when they broke practice and um. You know, just saying like, you know, oh, let's exchange numbers, you know, stay in touch. And he's looking for; he wants to come back on the podcast. I did keep throwing it out there that I'll do a podcast. When, um, Kurt was over there, too. Kurt came over and immediately was talking to me about all the different hurricanes that he was familiar with um, or played with. And then he told me the same exact story, which was funny, that Santana, Santana Moss. So he said, my first touchdown was to a hurricane, Santana Moss. I said, what's funny, Santana was just on a podcast. It told us that same exact story. He was like, really? I'm like, yes. So um and he was very nice too. And he, he came right up because like where I was standing is like they, they didn't have to come up. Practice over, they could have left. Like, but they just walked over. Those guys walked over. And then um so did the head coach. Oh, that's and nice. To too. And then you know, of course, he's like, you like, you still got a few snaps in you. I said, yeah, probably three games. See. He's like, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we like need January. January. Goal
3: line package. We need a we need <laughs> a big <laughs> man <laughs> touchdown.
4: We, we need some help right now. It's looking a little a little bleak. Without, <laughs> On the- you just just substitute for Darisaw. And when he's good, you can you can go sit down.
1: <laughs> that was the well, awesome. you know, the- while he's out, I could just fill in, I guess.
4: Mm-hmm. Speaking of, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Green Bay wine line just because this year there's just been a lot of content and it's so funny. They have been calling in every week and uh, pitching ideas to shuffle the offensive line around. And oh, really? it's just so funny. T- I mean, it's the fans, obviously, so whatever. But it's so funny to hear the fans saying, well, there's not much difference in playing left guard and right guard. Or
1: Oh, it really is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, I'm so glad we're not having this conversation this year for once.
1: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> yeah, in fact, <laughs> it's the uh, it's the exact opposite, Sally. Like, all of the guys besides Darasaw stay in the same <sighs> spot. They're healthy. You know what's and- funny is I mentioned
1: that to um... – Oh, so their O line coach? Why he used to play in the league too? And he, Chris like, Cooper. He's familiar with yeah. um, like DJ Wims. He played in Denver, so he was familiar with a bunch of Hurricanes as well. I forgot he came up to me too, and he was talking about. And he was all, "How does offensive lineman be losing so much weight? So like, <laughs> it's a struggle for me. And like, how do you play offensive line? You're like, yeah, was like wow." <laughs> but um, he played around the same time. He retired maybe a year before me. But um, we were talking offensive line stuff. He asked me a few questions. I gave some answers, but uh. I forget what I was about to say. But
3: probably the moving around on the line, everyone's saying
1: Oh, I said to him, I said, Well, I'm glad you don't do what that old coach did and move everybody around (laughs) out of position and stuff like that. So I'm glad to see that. (laughs) What's funny though? I hated it. (laughs) What's funny? What Uh,
4: What did he say to that?
1: He kind of just laughed at me when I said it, though, but I was telling the truth. Don't really hear it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But what's funny about that, like, if there's ever a year, like, and an injury to do that with, this would have been the year because Derrissah's you know, the stud left tackle and Ezra Cleveland was a left tackle all throughout college. So if there was ever a year where it would have made sense is kicking him outside and bringing in a left guard to play, but I'm glad that they're not. I mean, Brandell, he's had his fault, but he's obviously he's no saw, but he's held up just fine against um, a couple of uh, good defenses. And
1: then at the end of the day, you still got to give that guy some well, maybe not experience, you know time. what I'm saying? Like, okay, we're going to put you in here with a lot of boys just to see what you look like. At least give you some type of right. experience, you know what I mean? We know. They so I'll be back in a couple of weeks, but let's just see how you perform, you know, instead of, you know, taking everybody out of their comfort mm-hmm. zone and their, you know, di- um, Ezra's on the other side and used to communicating with that guy. Like Everything had become, you know, a little different because now the communication and getting used to, so not only moving to the other side, but now getting used to working with somebody else who you haven't worked with all year long is also another factor too. So it's like, just keep them over there. They've been gelling together all year and you just come in and, you know,
2: try to fill it in. <laughs> That was uh, the segue. I, I was getting, trying to get in here, Brian. Um, so last week against Belichick and that Patriots pass rush, which is pretty pretty awesome, the Vikings held their own, and that includes Blake Brandel Brandel, who's filling in for Darosaw. But my question to you, in your experience, even though you didn't come out of the game very often or weren't very hurt, uh, how long can we keep getting away with this? Usually, for you know a young low late round backup tackle. Is it, you know, should we start to get antsy, or should we give him the benefit well, how, of the doubt? How
1: much longer is Darius so out?
2: Well, the, we kind of thought that he, sh- by the books, because of the, the, the early Thanksgiving game, 10 days rest, that he should be back, but he didn't practice at all, and... The way that O'Connell said today is that there's no timetable for return, which is really spooky sounding with a concussion. So I'm almost certain he won't play Sunday just based on the way O'Connell would usually be optimistic. Mm-hmm. So I would say at least another week, maybe longer than that, because it's concussions and back-to-back games.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is, he's getting just more exposure. He just to make sure he studies film and just kind of go out here and just just not make it seem like it's a big drop-off. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. At that point, my mindset always going and always like, I don't ever want to look like the weakest link. You know, and that was when I got to college. That's when I got to the pros, too. Even, like, my rookie year, I came in late, and all the other guys on the line were, you know, super veterans. They've been there four or five years or better. I just always wanted I didn't want to make it look like I was the weakest link. So I Mm -hmm. just did what I needed to do to kind of hold my, you know, hold my end down. Um, and, and I guess that's kind of the mindset that he needs to take is just figure out, like, what you can do so you don't. So, because, you know, when they zoom in the offensive line, it's either you're holding, you jump those sides, or just a play happened on you. So just don't let them zoom in on you. <laughs> Sally, we and come, especially
3: playing that left tackle spot, like, as a backup. Like, you, if your quarterback's them, getting destroyed from the blind side. Um, and that's what I'm like, going to
1: say, too, because yeah. – and in, in, um, Kurt's mind, he's not really thinking about who's over there because he had been used to having an there. So it's just like da, – da, da, and it's like I have a comfort zone where now that comfort zone can start to get uncomfortable if he keeps getting hit from the blind side because those hits are the hits that you can't prep for. Right. Sally, we come Being from
2: – We come from a long, decade-long uh... – cynicism about offensive line performance so i think normally when we hear oh a backup blah blah blah, is going to be playing this week we're like oh shit here we go uh but blake brandle and chris cooper proved that it didn't have to be the case against the patriots do you hold the same sort of optimism i guess coming off the heels of that game going into the jets game
4: well, I do feel like, was it against Washington that they really struggled as mm-hmm. well? I mean, they started off this season a lot better than we have seen in a long time, and that has slipped a little bit due to injuries and maybe playing a little bit stronger defenses up front. I would say compared to the way that we felt, I felt the last several years, i i I guess maybe that's why I'm not panicking about it that much Mm -hmm. because it's still better than that. And as we just discussed, there's not the shuffling and the miscommunications and the disconnect. So while, you know, you would prefer the starters to be in there, you prefer Derrissaw, especially as good of a season as he's having to be um, healthy enough to go. I would rather, you know, him have some rest now and be healthy down the stretch and in the playoffs. So I'm not as concerned about it as I would typically be. Uh, They're also, you know, with having, they're having uh, the pass game opened up. They they can get the ball out quick, and it's that's an option now, at least.
2: Ron, we, uh, we know that this coaching staff cares about the offensive line. We always kind of wondered if they didn't understand that this was a problem for the previous eight seasons. Uh, so at least they have that going for them. Are you confident that because they, for the most part, kept the Belichick pass rush in check, they can do the same against the Jets, which is no joke either?
3: Well, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's Matthew Junon obviously came in and has been having a great year. Um, the Jets, I don't know who they're leading. I was trying to look to who, who's leading their team in sacks. Um, they have a good defense. I'm not going to you know, step around that. But um, I think their defense is more predicated, at least from the bits that I've seen. But, again, that's against the Bears and some other not very good offenses. Um, they're just – they don't blow coverages and they're very good in, uh, at tackling. They don't give up a lot of big plays. Um, so I don't know if um, I know they have, what is it, Gennard uh, Avery? Is that who they have? Or um, it's a guy from Cincinnati that they got a couple of years ago that, or towards ACL last year, whatever. Uh, but th- this would be a game where. I would not happily rest there, Asah, but I, to give him that extra time to get back, because obviously we do need him for the playoffs and the two concussions in, you know, a week span. Um, I don't like to hear that, especially after the whole Tua ordeal. Now, again, Tua's is back now and looking great. So good, no ill effects from that as of yet. Um, I don't want to see any lingering effects into the playoffs that there, Asah, because he's going to be a, a big contributing factor into us, um, competing and winning games. Um, so I'm fine with, you know, brand Brandel or Brandel, however it's said, um, playing now. Um, and just hopefully that, you know, it's the jets We're at home. Like that's the other aspect. If it was a backup offensive tackle on the road, it's a little bit more concerning, but, uh, I think again, based on what he did on Thursday night, totally fine with letting him roll out there another day. Um, that group has the cohesion, um, and then take it from there.
2: The Jets pass rush consists of kind of sack by committee, pressure by committee. And one thing they'll be paying the ass is Quinn and Williams lines up in the middle of the line. And that's kind yeah, the of the
3: middle of the middle is yeah, nasty. It's,
2: it's going to be Ingram versus Williams and Williams will win that. And then Carl Lawson on the edge, a couple more interior guys, Bryce. That's Hustle, what I was John, of. Yep. John Franklin Myers. And then uh, Jermaine Johnson on the other side has three, uh, two and a half sacks.
3: Oh, I forgot so. about him. Eden Prairie's zone.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, they get, they, they don't have a edge rusher like Judon, but they have Quinnen Williams right. on the inside, which is probably even more scary compared to, uh, you know, the weak spot of this offensive line.
3: Do you know who on their team?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's on the practice squad. <laughs> Drew Samia's on the, uh, he, he played manager. last week. He got a tackle who did. Sirat. Oh, they they activated him. Okay, yep. And then Remmers hardly plays, but he's also active on the roster. And Tyler Conklin, you know, he still plays. Wow. Yep, Remmers is like oh. <laughs> uh, RG three, or well, R, well, not RG right guard number three on the roster.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Dustin, you sent me that link to that old um, show from like June of last year, and oh, yeah. I I listened to it for a while, and it was so funny how um, they had signed Conklin. Not long before that, and we were all saying how we didn't really want to see him catching too many passes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then look at him getting paid and having a breakout season.
2: yeah, yeah, he's he's on pace. I, I pulled these numbers yesterday, in fact to have about the same season that he had with the Vikings. With the Jets, same targets, a couple more touchdowns, about 500 blah 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 yards. So yeah, he's earning his 20.5 mil over three years. Oh, I yes.
3: did I do wanna, I did say when we when Conklin was signed, like I was gonna miss him here because of the Irv, like question marks around him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also did say that the contract he signed, you know, wasn't worth paying him. So fortunately we got Hawkinson um, you know, midseason, but um Conklin would have been nice uh nice. <laughs> nice stay here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if way.
2: if he was still a rookie or still basically the last year's price point or a little bit more, but we right. we were, we were cash strapped and still are. So those type of contracts are a little tricky. Uh Sally, the next thing I want to ask you about is a hypothetical. Justin Jefferson uh is on track to have a little over 1900 yards receiving. So I want to ask you, if he ends up hitting 2000 yards, if he ends up leading the NFL in receiving, and the Vikings finish fourteen and three or thirteen and four. Can he win the MVP?
4: I would like to think so. I really would, but we all know that wide receivers don't win that. Um, I guess I haven't thought about it too much. Who else would be who would be his competition? Um, So I guess that would obviously have a lot to do with it. I I know that the league respects Justin Jefferson immensely, and I do think that he would receive votes, Mm -hmm. but it would have a lot to do with, I think, who he was up against because, you know, historically, just wide receivers don't win it. But it would it would be great for him to be the first one.
2: Yeah, it'd be 10 years after AP. Won it and that was the last non-quarterback to win it right now um unless he does something awkward or weird Mahomes is the Vegas front runner to win the thing Hertz is snip nibbling uh uh Josh Allen kind of stock hey. went downward after he got victimized by the Vikings uh but yeah I think uh if if he indeed had more receiving yards than Tyree Hill hit the 2000 mark because the voters could kind of point to a symbol uh mm-hmm. I I think he might like you said get some votes Brian could you ever see a wide receiver getting the MVP
1: could. Um, I, I feel like it it can eventually happen. Um and why not like change it up a little bit? I mean, because there's always a quarterback. Yeah. Um, oh. sometimes sometimes your biggest playmaker is your receiver, you know what I mean? So yeah, I can see it happening. You see how AP had got it one year. So I can see that happening.
4: Did Cup get one vote last year?
1: Well, uh- Let's see. He got the Super Bowl MVP, which was a super yeah, um,
4: But I think, I know somebody got, somebody, I want to say it was Cup, got one. Yeah, goal. that
2: sounds familiar. And,
4: um, um, so, that was cool. But it was Rob- cool to also see him get it for the Super Bowl, too, and not Matt Stafford, which would normally, you would think, be the be the option.
2: <laughs> yes, it was 39 for Rodgers, 10 for Mr. Brady, 1 for Cooper Cup. And I'm guessing we probably know who the identity is, but I just can't remember who the voter was so we got a little inroads there one dude voted for cooper cup who was offensively coordinated by the one and only kevin o'connell ron give us your jefferson mvp speech if if you have one
3: so i think i think it's realistic um because usually when you look at teams that um where that has the mvp they're usually top record or second best record in the conference or the league uh but that's it's been a quarterback award because usually the quarterback is the main reason on that team. So uh, I'm not taking anything away from what Rodgers did the last two years because obviously his numbers were um, were unreal. But uh, w- the only way I see Jefferson actually like getting significant votes not even just flat out winning it but um the chiefs have to it's not even mahomes like it is, mm-hmm. but if the chiefs lose a game or two and if the vikings are managed to get the the top seed in the nfc um i think it would be really hard to not uh for him to not garner some of those votes away from away from mahomes um otherwise yeah i think it's between mahomes and hurts right now just because it's hard to go against the the most impactful player on one of the best teams um But it'd be great to see it. I mean, again, if he hits 2,000 yards, that benchmark alone, um, there's going to be people that are like, oh, Vikings finished with two losses on the year and he hit 2,000 yards and, you know, double-digit touchdowns, potentially. It'd be hard to look away from that.
2: Yep, and I will tell you. I think I've said it on this show. Maybe it was a different podcast. It would be the most Kirk Cousins thing ever for a wide receiver to get two thousand yards. And then Kirk Cousins isn't the quarterback who won the MVP. It was the first wide receiver in history that Kirk Cousins threw the ball to. That would it would really just put a bow on on the resume when it's all said <laughs> and done. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit, a bit about the Jets. Bryant, is there anything about this Jets team that's 7-4, and four had a wonderful draft in April, and it's come into fruition that uh, particularly scares you about beating the Vikings at home?
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click or just stop by. Grainger for the ones who get it done. Um, just the defense, but they keep
1: rotating in their quarterback so much. I'm not sure like <laughs> what's going on with that. Um, it's been like just like the third quarterback, correct?
2: Yes, uh, they started with Flacco because Wilson was hurt. Wilson came in, looked like a child, got benched. Right. Now they're back to White Mike.
1: Right, so, uh,
2: so... After he got benched.
4: <laughs> Flacco was hurt, correct? He's on IR.
2: No, I think they just... Think electively he's went he's
1: backup. Away. Mm-hmm. Oh okay. oh, okay. I yeah. thought they was they're all, I think they're all ready to go. <laughs> they,
2: yeah, they started off. Well, the thing is that they drafted Wilson with the second overall pick in 2021. So they have right. to try to make him work. Now, whether or not they do that or treat him like Josh Rosen from here on out remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, on your point, they do have a marvelous defense. It ranks around fourth or fifth by almost all metrics in the mm. NFL. And they they do both things. They stop the run and they stop the pass. And special teams is about even Steven. They rank 16th and 17th in various metrics. And then it all comes down to uh, Mike White. We saw this last year. He came in through 405 yards, I think, against the Bengals. Three touchdowns or something like that. Within two weeks, he was playing the Bills through four picks. Zero touchdowns. Got benched. And they went back to Wilson, I believe. Uh, Sally, you said that your enthusiasm, the Queen of Enthusiasm label, was dampened a little bit by the ass-kicking against Dallas. You got some of it back for the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Where are you at now?
4: Well, it's definitely not where it once was still. Um, You know how I feel about a backup quarterback. And like you you said, it seems like Mike White is one of those guys. He's kind of a little Case Mm Keenum-like. He's good to patch a hole, but he's not going to be your starter. And I think coming, I know he was playing against the Bears defense, which is not good by any means. But for him to have over 300 yards and three touchdowns in those terrible pouring down rain conditions, he's got to be feeling pretty good about that. So while I will agree I mean I'll agree with you guys it's the defense that we need to be worried about here I mean I think they're like what fourth in scoring defense mm-hmm. so um I'm definitely not feeling as good about it um as I was when the season or when the schedule came out so <laughs> W for sure. Uh, with The last couple of weeks, I think that they are getting more serious and they also are now third in the division. So they need to win this game where the Vikings have a little bit of a cushion. They know. So that could have something to do with it. And they're four and one on the road.
2: Yeah, that's wild. So
4: they're not, they don't seem like they're going to be super intimidated coming in there either.
2: Ron, Mike white was a fifth round draft pick by the Cowboys in 2018. So he's not like this brand new 22 year old. He's 27. So he's been around a little bit. Uh, small school, dude, I think it was Western Kentucky, uh, did the thing last year, looked good for a week, turned back into a pumpkin. And here we are playing the Vikings, who time to time, Sally will tell you all about it, struggles against these kind of quarterbacks where they just sound like anonymous humans, but then they show up and win the damn game. Are you anxietal, sir, about this game?
3: Uh, I'm not. Um, again, this is, and now I will say the, the way they're him and Zach Wilson are playing now, He's an upgrade from Wilson. Now I'm not willing to write 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 off Wilson in his career, although I think some of his antics are pretty. I mean, they're they are pretty childish. Um, You know, not take not owning up for anything after that loss where they mustered two inches of play um, or whatever it was that they they put out there, and uh, and then to just sulk on the sidelines with his hood up, like not. I mean, I guess it was raining, but he either way he just doesn't seem involved usually if a quarterback is benched or whatever they have a headset on and they're at least trying to um go through it i didn't see any of that body language out of him so for a number two overall pick you hope that uh he doesn't get that Darnold type treatment um where runs amok and he's just a journeyman um but again mike white gives him the better chance to win and he gives the vikings a tougher test at this point but the other side of that is, um, again, the Bears' defense. Um, there was a couple plays I saw, particularly the Garrett Wilson touchdown, the long one. Um, he just he was wide open and made a guy miss in open field and was gone. So some of the numbers may be a little inflated, but again, he's a he's an NFL quarterback as we speak, um, and they do they've been playing well. Their defense is a problem, but Mike White in no way scares me. Um, but I know. Sally will attest that that's that when I usually when I feel that way, especially, then it's never a good thing. So, hopefully, that doesn't come to fruition this weekend and we just take care of business.
4: We know it's coming down to the end of the game, regardless. So, <laughs> you know,
3: yeah, wouldn't it be nice if this is a game that we can finally get, um, you know, just turn on the afterburners and have like a 40 to 17 type game and no, oh God, you know, yeah, answer a lot of questions. <laughs>
2: Oh, I would love it. I've been waiting for it for about, about two months. Actually, I'd say once they got to about four and one is when I was like, all right, let's, I said, you know, I was idealistic. I was like, let's beat somebody good. Let's beat somebody with two scores. And then it never happened. And so now you wonder if it's even possible. Um, but yeah, this usually the Jets sound like a team that you could do that to. But these Roberts Salah Jets are are pretty defensive. Uh, let's last thing I want to talk about. This was uh, this was popping on Twitter before the show. Is Patrick Peterson and Kyler Murray, Sally, are in a war of words on he and his cousin's show. Patrick Peterson called uh, Murray out and said he only cares about himself. And Murray says that's some weird shit. If you, I thought you're supposed to be a big brother type, you should be texting me these types of things. What say you?
4: Well, I was a little late to the party, uh-huh. so if um, if P2 had. Uh, twitter response i did not see that not i only yet. saw what, okay i only saw what kyler said and look we've talked about kyler on this show i think pretty much everyone has kind of a similar feeling on him and and his work ethic at least that's the word on the street however i don't understand why he kyler is acting like his expectation remains the same as when him and patrick peterson were on the same team Like you kind of lose your um, access to a guy when he's been playing on another team for several years. He's no longer necessarily your mentor. I don't think that they really keep in touch other than giving each other like a hug before the game. And Patrick has been very vocal the last I mean, at least this year when they played the Cardinals about how he feels about how where he stands with them. And he was very animated about it on game day um, a month or so ago. So I feel like he's just kind of doing his little victim game with that tweet. I mean, why even acknowledge it?
2: Bryant, I don't, I don't past or present. I don't know if you would ever get in a type of war like this, but if you were teammates with somebody on the Vikings or Ravens removed from that team and the guy just generally got on your nerves, would you say some shit like that on a podcast like this?
1: It probably depends on how I was asked or like, you know, mm-hmm. what was asked, I may probably say, it depends. It depends on my mood. <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey, it's a Libra thing. You got, it depends right. on the
1: mood. <laughs> it really depends on the type of mood I'm in. If I'm in the mood yeah. of being, being blunt, then I probably would say, if not, I would probably just say a politically correct answer. <laughs> is, I, love, I love that. It's uh, very Libra.
2: I, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems like, there, it, there's always something with Kyler Murray, whether it's mm-hmm. the study hall clause or the t- when he said he was committed to the team in that tweet where it was like him standing by himself. Uh, there's always something that is up. And yeah. I find it very odd that Patrick Peterson, who seems like a mature man is going to go out of his way to lie about some young quarterback. So I'm, I'm guessing this is an extension of Peterson's. He's probably not the- lying. Yeah. I, it's, I, I, I can lie.
1: guarantee you he's not kind is probably just saying, well, you didn't have to say it on the show. You could have just said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Why'd you have to tell everybody about Yeah.
1: You didn't yeah. say that. You just told me. <laughs> yeah.
4: Right. And I mean, I didn't hear the context in which um, he was asked either, but you're right. I mean, I don't think that on um, Patrick's show, his goal is to be. Um, outrageous and say things about other guys in the league. I, I don't think that what he even said is, I mean, way, much worse is said about Kyler Murray every day in the national media. And I'm sure from players that we don't see, but then I saw Deandre Hopkins said some, was sending some sub tweets too.
2: Yeah. I haven't examined what those All said, right. but I did see that they, they were out there, and <laughs> he, that, but that's like he, his guy. So he
4: said something along the lines of, you don't kick a man when he's down. And when you're
2: you're three and eight, is that what he means? Or
4: well, I'm sure that's what he means. Yeah. But I I don't I mean, I think that Patrick was asked a question, right? I don't or Mm -hmm. you know, he wasn't just on a soapbox ranting about Kyler Murray. I just think that it's strange how Kyler thinks that there should be this loyalty that Patrick owes him something when they haven't played on the same team for several years. If it was his teammate currently, oh yeah, yeah, I think that would be messed up. But
2: Mm -hmm. Ron, what's the final word? Murray v. Peterson.
3: Well, I mean, I've, Patrick Peterson seems like a smart enough guy. Where um, obviously he knows that he's getting up there in years, um, and he, I mean, just for football perspective, obviously he's younger than me. But uh, um, <laughs> um, so I, I don't think he's out there to just stir a pot and you know, just you know, throw a grenade, something, and run away, but. I mean, he's always been a guy who says it as it is, even when he was dominating with the Cardinals. Like, he was, you know, very blunt about saying things and not in a disrespectful way, so to speak. Um, Now, again, I didn't listen to the clip, so I don't know if he was out there and how it was brought up and if he's out there taking the shots. But, yeah, like, the media – I mean, look at any player across the league that gets dogged on. And if a player gets asked about it, usually, like – you respect when they give an honest answer about it, especially like when you're someone who has played with, with, with him. So, um, I mean, I, I I take it for what he said, because clearly he was a leader in that locker room. So, you know, he would know more than most of the players. Um, But also, you know, you see some of the antics on the sidelines that how he, you know, when he's yelling at his coach and where, you know, it's, there's a certain area of respect that it doesn't seem that he garners from his teammates, but it also doesn't look like he goes out of his way to care about that, which good for him. Like he's a talented player. Um, I wish nothing but the best. I hope he plays well, as long as he's not playing the Vikings. But, um, I mean, people are so soft these days, even if it is some, some sort of criticism, um, and meant to be a constructive thing, people don't take it that way. So, Again, um, I'm not. I mean, I would side with Peterson on this. Again, sight unseen, not knowing how he said <laughs> it, but I would, I would say a guy who's been in the league, you know, was a future Hall of Famer, been doing it at an all pro level as long as he has. Um, there
1: is some merit with when he speaks. I, think, I never follow Murray at all, so I didn't know these things about him.
2: Oh yeah, he's kind of just a uh, just a moody little guy.
3: Oh yes. really? Yeah. <laughs> well, the best, <laughs> I know that. It, well, he, he's yelling at Cliff Kingsbury, like, uh, or what was it, like, Like he told him, shut the F up, like, or I think something it was like calm, that. calm the like, fuck like, down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then, you know, Hopkins is asking him, what are you looking at? And, like, he's, you know, yelling back at him, and he just seems, he's a fiery personality. Uh, you know, he's, whatever, again, hell of an athlete, hell of a talent, but, uh, um <laughs> You know, who knows? I think the, but my, my funniest thing will always be with Kyler is the fact that when there's and I don't play call of duty, but when there's a double XP points weekend or whatever, he's, he's winless in those weekends. (laughs) So like they, they, they keep joking around saying that all he does is play call of duty, which is why when Peterson, um, what did he or someone on the defense got a turnover peterson makes the yeah, the gesture peterson. of like video gaming so kind of taking shots. so maybe there's something a, a little bit more to that little bit of beef but mm. you know yeah I he sat down it with
4: the control did the controller thing
3: the headset on it?
4: <laughs> someone on reddit did like an analytical deep dive of every single Call of Duty event and then comparing that to how Kyler Murray played the next day. And it's like four years of data or something. It's not just like he did a couple weeks and it's kind of crazy to see.
2: About a month ago, (laughs) about a month ago, I think on Thursday night football with this Call of Duty joke or reality, Richard Sherman also called into question Kyler Murray, Murray, Murray's attitude or leadership or personality and he linked it to the call of duty thing so i find it very coincidental that two future hall of fame cornerbacks would be chiding the same guy completely erroneously like you know oh they're going after this guy poor guy no i think there's probably smoke there with the fire
4: speaking of speaking Mm -hmm. of richard sherman he said that mike white is a franchise quarterback
2: yeah i think i saw that (laughs) too yeah yay well he could be that in week 14 that'll be great
4: (laughs) so watch out
2: yeah um, all or, right, so did he I
3: mean a franchise quarterback or a Jets franchise quarterback because mm-hmm. they've been lacking in that area. So there, there could be some context there where just good like question. us, if we get a kick, a rookie kicker that looks good, he's our franchise kicker. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean he is.
2: <laughs> True. I've got Vikings 27-13. Sally, you?
4: I wanted to ask you, has even, anyone been correct on these?
2: Uh, Brian's no. usually pretty good, uh, I think, <laughs> overall. I haven't nailed a score yet. I got pretty darn close in one of them, but I can't remember which one.
4: All right. Well, you know me. I got to account for a missed kick, so I will say 26 to 24.
2: (laughs) That sounds like a Viking score. Ron, what do you got?
3: (laughs) Um, What did you say, Dustin? (sighs)
2: 27-13.
3: Okay. Um, so yeah, I was thinking along the lines that we were going to get 27, 28. Um, but yeah, like Sally said, I can never go with a round seven number with <laughs> mm-hmm. our ticker. Um, it's just, it's not a given. Um, so yeah, 27, um, 27, 17, I'd say. Um, so I think that, um, the offense does get some, some traction here in this game. Brian, take us off air
1: with your prediction, sir. I'll say like, 24, 20, 24, 20 Vikings, Vikings. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like it'll be it, because I feel like their defense is pretty good. So I don't see them scoring like a whole lot, but I feel like they'll come out scoring, you know what I mean? The first drive or first, you know, and then I feel like they'll pick back up in the fourth quarter for some reason. That's every game. Yeah,
4: <laughs> for
2: some for some reason. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, we have this
2: certified lullaby. Offensively, mm-hmm. second, third quarter, and then they come back. Yep. Um, right. All right, we'll be back Monday night to talk about the recap of this Jets game, and then we'll transition into Lions week. So you all, you have a wonderful night. All right.
4: You too. See you Sunday. All right, all right. Later.
2: Bye guys. Right. Have a good one.